It didn't matter to God what name Jabez was given. In the eyes of God, Jabez was blessed. This is the fourth message in the series, How Prayer Changes Things. The message is entitled, Bless Me. We are in the middle of a series called How Prayer Changes Things. And uh, I want to just do a little recap before we get started for you. Week one, if you remember, Pastor Dale talked about Jacob. You remember Jacob? Jacob prayed a what kind of prayer? He prayed a change me prayer. Jacob was in a situation where he had to go to God and ask God to change him from the inside out. And Jacob, uh, in the story that Pastor Dale said, he actually wrestled with an angel. Uh, to, to as part of his blessing that he was he received from God, and that wrestling match actually ended with Jacob uh, walking with a limp the rest of his life. But God answered his "Change Me" prayer. If you want to know more about that, you can go watch it online. I'd encourage you to do so. Uh, the second week in this series, my wife Jessica shared about Hannah. Right, Hannah prayed a "Remember Me" prayer. And her situation reminded us that in the delays of life that we can go to God and ask God to remember us, right? You guys remember Hannah? Last week, Sam brought a message and he, he shared with us about the story of David, a specific story that David was walking through where David was faced with uh, insurmountable pressure, relational pressure, uh, just circumstances that were weighing David down from all directions of life. And David went to God and asked God to strengthen him in those times. And we learned that we can go to God and pray a strengthen me prayer. Well, today, I want to introduce you to an Old Testament character, and his name is Jabez. Can you guys say that with me? Say Jabez. Jabez. Now, Jabez prayed a prayer uh, that turned his life around. The Bible doesn't give us very much about Jabez. Actually, there are over 31,000 verses in the Bible, and the Bible only gives us two verses to summarize Jabez's life, right? And that doesn't seem right, right? Out of 31,000 verses, we're going to give two verses to Jabez, okay? Well, life wasn't really fair for Jabez from the beginning. You could say that he had a significant problem handed him right out of the room. Right when he was born, Jabez inherited a problem that he had to deal with. His whole life, he had to deal with it. He found himself, and he found himself so desperate and so need of God because of this problem that he was handed that it caused him to cry out to God for a blessing. So he went to God in desperation and cried out to him, and he says, uh, Lord, I want you to bless me. And you know what God did? The Bible says that God gave him his request, that God granted him his request. Now that sounds like a prayer. Whatever Jabez prays, that sounds like a prayer that I can learn from, huh? That I can go to God, pray for a blessing, and then the end of Jabez's story, the Bible says God granted his request. Anybody want to learn from the prayer that Jabez prayed? Well, let's do that today. We're going to go to 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, and I want you to read this with me today. All of you in Frederick or online, wherever you're uh, viewing from, I want us to read this together as one church family, okay? 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Let's go. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. 
Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Here in these two verses, the summary of Jabez's life story, these two verses, we can see what drove Jabez to cry out to God so desperately for a blessing. In verse number nine, it says that his mother had named him Jabez. Remember? Say that word with me again. Jabez, right? His mother had given him this name, and this name actually means you cause pain or you are a pain. How would you like to have that name? Right? You could say that Jabez was labeled and that this label was causing him and people in his life pretty significant problems. Right out of the womb, his mother labeled him a pain. Everywhere he went, this name stuck with him. It followed him. It followed him on the playground. It followed him when he got older. It followed him when he was applying for jobs. It followed him in any relationship that he tried to get in. His siblings probably antagonized him and just said, Jabez, you're a pain. You're a pain in his neck. Every time his mother called his name, he was reminded that he was a pain and he was reminded that he caused pain. Well, how many of you can relate? Has there ever been a time where you've been labeled? And no matter how hard you try to escape that label, to shake, to shake that label, to take this label off of you, it just wouldn't go away. You see, every day Jabez was confronted with his name. His label reminded him of the pain that he caused and the pain that he was causing. And eventually it drove Jabez to cry out to God for a blessing. So what can we learn from Jabez? I wanna give you three things today. I wanna share with you three things that we can learn from Jabez's story, these two verses. And the first one is this, is that labels stick. Say that with me, say labels stick. Perhaps at some point in your life, you have been labeled. That someone called you something and it stuck with you. A lot of times this happens on the playground when we're little kids and it happens so innocently, right? Or on a sports team, maybe you accepted a label and you received a label, right? Maybe uh, in your home life, right? Labels were just flying around. And when you were a little kid, you just took on labels that maybe your parents said or a relative said to you. Maybe you entered into a marriage relationship and the names just started flying. You're throwing out labels to your spouse and your label has about a dozen right back out for you, right? And maybe it was a job or a supervisor and your supervisor said something and it was a label and it stuck. Maybe somebody called you ugly or dumb or slow or good for nothing or maybe they said you were an accident or that you're a pain in the neck, or maybe it's something worse. Maybe somebody commented on your appearance or your personality. Maybe they said that, uh, 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 or you were caught into a situation that wasn't really your fault, and whatever happened in your life, a label was presented to you, and that label stuck. You see, labels have a tendency to find us, find us from 
any situation in life. We can find a label anywhere. But most often than not, a label is going to try to find you. And the truth of the matter is, is that the most hurtful and harmful labels tend to come from the people that we love the most. Who named Jabez? Jabez's mother named him. The person that should have loved him the most, the person that should have cared for him the most, the person that should have brought him into this world and provided some level of security or safety in his life, that was where Jabez received his label. Sometimes we label ourselves through different circumstances in life. We just add our own labels, right? I remember talking with a guy, and he was telling me a story when he was labeled, and he was helping his dad pour some concrete at his house, and they, got, they poured the concrete, and one of the processes in pouring concrete is that at some point that you have to level out all this concrete. And they had spent hours leveling him, his dad and himself were leveling out this concrete, and right when they were stepping back to say that it was done, this, he said he fell into the concrete, <laughs> and his hands made a handprint in the concrete. And his dad's snapped off and said, you can't do anything right, get out of here. You know what he said that he heard that day? He said that he heard the word useless. And from that moment on, he took on a label and he put it on himself and that label useless, it stuck. And he said, I had to take that label uh, in my sports teams when my coach would give me feedback and that feedback was trying to make me get better, all I heard was useless. And then when I applied for a job and I was learning how to do that job and I was getting feedback, all that I heard was useless. And then when I got into a marriage relationship and, and my wife was giving me feedback, all I heard was useless. And then when I became a dad and I was uh, uh, failing as a dad, all I heard was useless. You see, labels stick, don't they? Labels come from every direction. They come either we uh, uh, take on labels ourselves or labels find their way to us. But at some point in life, we can learn from Jabez and in our own life that labels stick. The second thing that we can learn is that labels have lasting implications. Because labels stick, labels linger. Have you ever had something linger? When something lingers, it overstays its welcome, doesn't it? When something overstays its welcome, it has lasting implications. Several years ago, my wife and I, uh, we uh, had a mouse problem. <laughs> How many of you guys have ever had a mouse problem, right? Have you ever had a guest stay at your home longer than they should have? Yeah. Well, we had about 20 of them, all right? And they lingered. Actually, we probably didn't even know how, how much of a problem this really was. But we could see the effects of this problem lingering around. And we, went, we, we got traps, we got poisons, we, we were reading on the internet, we were coming up making our own concoctions, right, just to get rid of these mice because we knew that if we were to allow that, the, the mice to linger, right, to overstay their welcome, that there would be some significant implications. They're going to get in our food. They're going to get into our walls, into our mattresses. They're going to eat things, right? They're just going to, they're going to reproduce, right, and create a bigger problem for us that we're going to have to deal with. 
It's the same thing with labels. The labels that we take on, they stick, don't they? And they stick for a good period of time. They overstay their welcome and they create problems. There's implications because the stickiness and and that we allow labels to linger. Well, I want to give you four implications of the labels that we allow to linger in our life. And the first one is this, is that labels attack your identity. I would say that we're suffering through an identity crisis here in America, don't you? There's labels out there, there's organizations, there's labels, there, there's opportunity to uh, identify yourself with basically anything. And I would say that it's so important that we understand our true identity because our identity is tied to our purpose. If we don't know our true identity, right, how do we know what our true purpose is? Labels tend to stick around in our life and they tend to mask the identity. They have a tendency to become all-consuming and it becomes our focus and we begin to uh, confuse or actually begin to lose what our true identity is, right? If I have this set of keys, right, I have a set of keys and we're trying to build a house and you need a hammer, right, and you come to me and you say, hey, I need a hammer, I'm trying to build you a house, and I go, oh, well, here, take this, and you go, well, no, that's a key, and I go, well, no, I'm, I labeled this a hammer, right, you're going to be pretty confused and you're not going to be able to build a house with this key, are you, right, Our identity or what the labels we have have some indication of the purpose that something is supposed to be used for, right? Our labels are connected to our purpose. You'll never build a house with a key and you'll never unlock a door with a hammer because it has an identity. It's been defined as something and I don't, I can't change it just because I want to use it for something else, right? Right? This is what drove Jabez to cry out to God. The label, you're a pain or you're causing pain, started attacking Jabez's identity and he forgot who he was and in turn, he forgot what his purpose was. We can see that when Jabez cried out, oh, that you would bless me. Oh, that you would bless me. What you might not know and what Jabez lost sight of is that Jabez was blessed. Jabez was already blessed. In 1 Chronicles, we start out that whole book with the writer listing the genealogy, starting from Adam, the genealogies of the nation of Israel, and accounting for list by list. It was, it's basically nine chapters of Ancestry.com. Listed out every person in the nation of Israel, right? What did God uh, from Adam through Abraham all the way uh, through David list out the genealogies there in First Chronicles? And God had already called this nation blessed. He told Abraham, you are blessed and I will bless all the descendants from your name. Jabez was in that line and he was already blessed, but because he took this label on, that label started attacking his identity and he forgot that he was part of a blessed nation. 
You see, God didn't care what his mother had named him. When God saw Jabez's name, he didn't see European. He saw blessed. And I want to remind us today that maybe you've taken a label on or you're searching out in our culture for some identity or some label that you can take on and God is calling you a child of God. We don't have to go find a label. We don't have to go find our identity. Our identity is found in this book. We are co-heirs with Christ. Romans 8, 17 tells us that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible reminds us of that. You were made on purpose for a purpose. If you go find any, go look anywhere else for your identity, you're gonna be trying to build a house with a key. It's just not gonna work. And it caused Jabez to cry out like many of us, Lord, bless me. Take this label away so that I can find my true identity. The number, the, uh, number two, the second uh, implication of labels is that labels create limitations. You see, because Jabez was living with this label his whole life, you're a pain. You're causing pain. Jabez, it trapped him. It boxed him in. He felt like there was nowhere else to go. That label held Jabez captive. Everywhere Jabez turned, he was a... Uh, I'm, I'm about to cause pain. Here, here I go. Here, just hold on. I'm going to bring pain. It's a matter of time. I'm going to cause pain or I'm going to bring pain into this situation. And he couldn't escape. He felt trapped. That's what labels do. They confine us to the label. They make it seem that the world is closing in on us. They make us believe that nothing will be in a different and then we become captive to our label. Listen to what Jabez praise to God. He says, and enlarge my territory. In other words, let me break free from the limitation and the captivity of this label. Let me not cause pain anymore. Let me experience a broader world. Let me not be held captive or be trapped by my name any longer. Jabez started living with a mantra. It's always been like this. This is how it'll always be. I'm trapped. I'll never be able to escape this. Maybe that's your mantra right now. Maybe you're in a situation, you're in a a marriage, and it seems hopeless, and you've labeled your marriage hopeless. Or maybe you've been an extended period of time not in a relationship, and you've labeled that hopeless. Maybe you're in the same job, the hard job, and you've labeled that job hopeless, and you've taken on this mantra. This is how it is right now. It's always been like this. This is how it'll always be. Right? But labels, that label is limiting. If we're not careful, that label will limit us. But can I encourage you today? God is not limited. The power of God is not limited. The offerings and the provision of God are not limited. The blessings of God are not limited. The labels that we take on limit, but God does not limit. He came, the Bible says that he came to set the captives free. Listen in Ephesians chapter three, verses 20, a very familiar passage, listen to this. It says, God is able 
through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. One version says that we might ask, think, or imagine. Labels are limiting, but God is able to do more than what we could ask, think, or imagine. He's not limited by our labels. God has the power to work on the inside of us to break those limitations in our life. Amen? Number three here we can learn is that labels become burdens. What happens more often than not is that the labels that we can take on get bigger, they get stronger, and they get heavier. They have time to take root into our lives. They get more difficult to manage and have even greater destructive power in our life. You see the illustration that I told you about the guy that fell into the concrete, that label stuck to him, and it eventually became a burden. It was a burden that he had to carry his whole life. That label took root in him. So I got a question for you. I got this five-pound weight, very simple question. Five pounds. How heavy is this weight? Say it again. But that's not really accurate, is it? It's, it is five pounds, but the true weight of this, of this depends on how long I hold it. You see, I can hold this weight for a minute, and it probably won't do anything. It probably feel like five pounds. But if I hold this for an hour, I'm going to be calling for help. <laughs> if I hold this for a lifetime... I'm going to become paralyzed. I'm going to become burdened and weighed down. It's not going to feel like five pounds. It's going to feel like a ton. Labels act the same way in our own life. We carry a label for a little while that seems innocent. Then we start carrying that label for days and weeks and months and even years, right? And that label then turns something like a lightweight becomes a heavyweight in our lives. And you can see this in Jabez's prayer that the label that he received and that he carried his whole life became a weight. It became a burden. You see, the time of the, these two verses, this account, Jabez was, was an adult, so he carried this from when he was a child all the way through until he was an adult. And he, he cries out in verse number 10, keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. In other words, Jabez is saying, I've carried this long enough and it's hurting. And every relationship, every opportunity that I go and try to involve myself in, I cause pain. This weight I'm bringing into every situation. Take this burden from me, Jabez is crying out. Labels create burdens in our lives, don't they? The fourth implication that I want to share with you today is that labels are transferable. Labels are transferable. Who did, who did, who did we say gave Jabez his name? Do you remember why? Jabez's mom labeled him a pain. It was because of her pain. She said, I bore him in pain 
So I'm going to call him pain. Her season of life ended up becoming Jabez's problem. She picked up a label and labeled her season, my, my season is a pain, and instead of putting that label down, she passed it on. I'm going to show you what this looks like. Major, why don't you come on up here? This is my son, Major. Everybody say hi, Major. Now, Major is number four out of five for us, okay? He's surrounded by girls, three, on top, three girls first and then a girl after him, right? So he needs prayer, okay? So pray for him. But he's making it through. He's making it through. We're not, we're not labeling him, okay? <laughs> so what happens in Jabez's situation often happens in ours. We wish that we wouldn't make, uh, label our seasons and pass them on. But that's what happened here in Jabez's story, and it's actually a reality of life, that if we're not careful, we take our pain and our labels, and we hand them over, and they find their way into those that come after us, don't they? Right? Those labels start being thrown around in the home, right? In the job, on every situation that we have, and somehow we reproduce and give that label to the next generation. But it doesn't really look like this because we don't really give our problem and we don't pass it down the same way. It actually looks like this. Take my problem and now it becomes your problem. And we don't do it intentionally oftentimes. We don't do it maliciously, but that's just what happens. It's a reality of life that Jabez's mother found herself in a situation. We don't know the events surrounding Jabez's birth in regards to her mother. There's no mention of a father. Maybe she was going through some emotional pain in that season of her life. And maybe the birth itself, the labor was just so excruciating, she felt like she could label her son because of her season of life. But can I encourage you today, the implications of labels is that they don't just stay with us, do they? They have a tendency to pass to the next generation. Give Major a hand. Thanks, buddy. So let me recap where we've gone so far. Here we are in the Old Testament. We have two verses summarizing the life of this one guy, Jabez. Summarizes his whole life. He's gone through a bad experience, and he inherited a label right out of the womb. That label for his whole life stuck with him, that he was a pain. And we learn that labels stick, and that labels have lasting implications in our life because they attack our identity they create limitations, they become burdens, and that they are transferable. But that's not where this story stops. The third thing that we can learn from Jabez's story is that we can overcome our labels. Amen? We don't have to keep our labels. The opportunity to live with labels, this is the same for all of us. The opportunity doesn't change. Nobody has a, a, a more unique opportunity than anybody else on whether or not they live with the labels that come into their life. And so we need to do what Jabez did. 
we need to go on the offense and start rejecting these labels that are coming into our life, and we need to overcome the labels that are already there. So what do we learn from Jabez? The first thing is that we can go to God for help. So I'm going to give you three ways to overcome, right, our labels. The first one is go to God for help. Like I said, you don't have to carry your labels, and we're not wrong for going to God with our problems and asking God for a blessing. It's okay to ask God to bless you. It's okay to go seek God and ask God to intervene in your life. Actually, God invites us to do that. He invites us to go to him for help. Matthew 11, verses 28 and 30 says this. Listen to this invitation. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Did you hear that invitation? God's desire for us is that we come to him. He said, come to me, all. He didn't say, come to me if your pain is worse than the other person's. He didn't say, come to me, right, if you come to me in a certain way. He just said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is what? Easy, and my burden is? Light. When we go to God, God begins to relieve some of the implications that we take on. The heaviness, the stickiness, the, the, the implications of the labels we have, if we respond to God's invitation, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here's another verse in Psalm chapter 107, verse 13 and 14. It says, they cried out to the Lord, right? Who else cried out to the Lord? Jabez. Jabez cried out to the Lord. It goes on, it says, they cried out to the Lord in their troubles and he rescued them. He led them from their darkness and shadow of death, and he snapped their chains, right? God is a label remover. He wants to snap chains, right? He, in other words, he granted their request, right? Just like Jabez. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, and God granted his request. There's an invitation out there for all of us, just like it was for Jabez, for us to go to God with our labels, right? The second thing we can learn in being an overcomer is that we need to remove and resist unhealthy labels. The labels that come into our lives come from all different directions, and there's some of us here, there's already labels on us, and they're going to keep trying to keep come, coming after we leave this place. But maybe you've been carrying a label for a very long time, and that label now needs to be removed, And then when we leave here, we need to resist the labels that start coming into our life. How do we do that? Romans 12, uh, 12, verse 2 gives us an indication. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. In other words, let God take this label and let God transform this label. How? By changing the way you think. Then you will learn and know what God's will for you, what God's purpose is for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect, right? 
The Bible also says that we're to take every thought captive, anything that would uh, raise itself against the knowledge of Christ, that we need to take that thought and make it obedient to Jesus. But we can't do that if we don't know, if we, if we don't know God's truth. If we're accepting a label on us, was it true that Jabez was a pain according to God? It wasn't true, right? Maybe according to man, but according to God, it wasn't true. God, Jabez had to be reminded that he was blessed and maybe we too need the truth in our lives from God's word to transform the labels that are already existing in our life. We need to take every thought captive and take God's word into our life to apply it so that he can transform that label into a label that is worthy to be carried as a child of God. So we need to remove and resist. How do we resist? The Bible says that we are to humble ourselves and resist the enemy. The Bible calls Satan a schemer. It uses that word in 2 Corinthians. It says Satan is a schemer. He's scheming to put all of these labels in front of you. You scroll through your Instagram feed, you scroll through your Facebook feed, you go into your workplace, you, you have a tendency, right, to come out of an argument and take on labels. The devil is scheming. He's saying, hey, take this label. Hey, man, if I can just weave this in front of them, maybe they'll pick that up and they'll stick it to themselves. But we need to recognize that Satan is a schemer. But the Bible gives us a defense against Satan, the schemer. It's in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11, verse 11. It says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against what? The devil's schemes. That means we can out-scheme the schemer, right? We need to put on the whole armor of God and we need to resist the devil through the word of God and by putting on the full armor of God. That's a way that we get to overcome the labels in our life, right? The last thing that we can do that we can learn and apply to our life and being an overcomer and overcoming these labels is by being a life-giving labeler. I know what the Bible says about the power of our words. Do you know what it says? It says here in Proverbs 18, 21, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. Right? It also says in Galatians 6, verse 7, it says, for whatever a man sows, he will. So if I don't want negative or unhealthy labels in my life, then I need to be a sower of what? Life-giving labels. I need to change my vocabulary and start giving good labels to people so that good labels will return back in my life. Another way that we do this is not just by bringing life-giving labels to people, but it's also by removing labels maybe that already exist. There's one opportunity that we have to speak life, but 
there's another opportunity that we have to remove death. And maybe you, the Holy Spirit may be speaking to you today because maybe you've put some labels on people. And maybe this is the very application that we need to apply today. I labeled you the wrong way, and I need you to know that. That wasn't life-giving. I gave death instead of life, and I want to tell you that I'm sorry. I don't believe you're a pain in the neck, Jabez. I don't believe that everywhere you go, you cause pain or you're causing pain. His mom could have chosen to be a life giving labeler, couldn't she? Let's review today where we've come from. Labels stick. And because they stick and linger around, they have lasting implications and they can start attacking our identity, the identity that Jesus Christ and our heavenly father has given to us. That labels create limitations that they become burdens and that they are transferable and that the good news is is that we can overcome our labels. Amen? Let's go to God in prayer. Father, you throw out such a loving invitation. God, that we can come to you, Father, and just be with all the labels that we've taken on over the years in our lives and all the labels that we've given Lord Jesus that you invite us to just come and you promise that you'll give us rest and that you'll take the heaviness from our lives God that you would remind us of our identity in you And God, that you can empower us, Lord Jesus, to speak life and not death and to to bring life-giving labels into our world and into our situations and the people of our lives. So God, I pray, Lord, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would work. God, it's not by anything that I can do, Lord Jesus, but it is by what you have already done. And the work that you did on the cross, Father, can be a work, God, that is done in our hearts and in our minds. And so I pray, Lord, that you would work to remove every label. God, every negative, unhealthy, demonic label that we have taken onto our life, into our person, Lord, or into our situations, Lord, that you would begin to remove it in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you, Father, that we can come before you and you can be a label remover. And we pray this in Jesus' name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray. And you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out, and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God. And I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus... I know that that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. 
I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.